Hello, everyone, and welcome to our podcast. This is Pastor Mike with the Aliante Community Baptist Church. We invite you, your family, and friends to join us as we study God's Word. So, let's begin. morning she said I forgot my music <laughs> she said so I, I'm, I'm practicing here because I'm going to have to play it memory <laughs> so, so to play that without any music <laughs> and 
So I, I mentioned a little tune that was really simple. I thought, well, maybe you just play that one, you know. <laughs> and she said, no, no, I'll play this. <laughs> but uh, we, do, we do thank the Lord for you, Miss Vivian. Well, I'd like you to turn in your Bibles this morning to the, the Gospel of Matthew. And the title of the lesson today is Jesus Feeds Multitudes of People. Jesus Feeds Multitudes of People. Matthew 14, please. When I was uh, in grade school, uh, we used to go on quite a few uh, field trips. And one of the field trips that we went on was to, was to a bakery. And, uh, and I mean a huge, huge bakery where they actually you know, <laughs> baked all this different types of bread. And I remember going into the bakery. As we walked in, you could just you know, smell that fragrance of the, the savory smell of, of, of freshly you know, baked bread. And our message today is about the Lord Jesus feeding multitudes of people. And so the question, the question is, do we in our lives make other people hungry for the bread of heaven? Ponder that thought as we look at this passage beginning in verse 13 in Matthew chapter 14 and again reading from verse 13 when Jesus heard it he departed from there by boat to a deserted place by himself but when the multitudes heard it they followed him on foot from the city and when Jesus went out he saw a great multitude and he was moved with compassion for them and healed their sick when it was evening his disciples came to him saying this is a deserted place the hour is already late. Send the multitudes away that they may go into the villages and buy themselves food. But Jesus said to them, They do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. And they said to him, We have here only five loaves and two fish. He said to them, Bring them here to me. Then he commanded the multitudes to sit down on the grass. And he took the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up to heaven, he blessed and broke and gave the loaves to the disciples. And the disciples gave to the multitudes. So they all ate and were filled, and they took up twelve baskets full of the fragments that remained. Now those who had eaten were about five thousand men, besides women and children. Let's pray. Father, we ask that as we study your word, that you be our teacher through God the Holy Spirit. To the honor and to the glory of the Lord Jesus, and to the benefit of your people. Enabling us, O oh Lord, to both understand and to recognize and to accept the responsibility of being witnesses and of sharing the heavenly bread. 
for the lost and dying humanity, a humanity that is hungry, a humanity that hungers for hope, for healing, for forgiveness, and for life. Speak to us now, Lord, we ask. In the precious and powerful name of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And so, starting this, uh, this section off right here in the, in the scripture, when he heard it, right? Jesus spends time alone, but when he heard it, what was it that he heard? You'll recall we looked at the death of John the Baptist last week. And in uh, verse 12, it says, And his disciples came, and those were the disciples of, of John the Baptist. They came and took away the body and buried it and went and told Jesus. When Jesus heard about the death of John the Baptist, it, he was moved. He was moved. And he went out to spend time alone. He went to, to pray, and it was his custom. As we have there, Jesus often spent time alone to pray. Notice, he went to a deserted place or a remote area where he could be alone. And we would be wise to follow the Lord's example, to spend time alone. Alone with God, because we're never alone. And now Jesus was never alone, because he's one with the Father and God the Spirit. But in the sense of, of being alone from the human perspective, if you will. Alone, spending time with God. To pray, to rest, to meditate, to hear God speak. Because God does speak to his children. And then, notice that the people followed Jesus. And we really can't, you know, you, you really can't blame them. Here he is, he's the Messiah. And uh, he, he heals them. And so they, you know, they, they follow him. And crowds, crowds and crowds of people. And oftentimes, crowds don't realize that they don't give this one person opportunity to rest. I can recall when I was a, a principal over at the, one of the schools where I was a principal, there were uh, various uh, decisions that we had to make and uh, one of the teachers had been transferred to another school. And so these parents were upset. I mean, they were upset because she was, she was a, a, a very um, highly respected and, and uh, appreciated teacher. And so they wanted to, to know why I was moving them. <laughs> and uh, there, there was, I guess at the school, there's a crowd of people. <laughs> I'm thinking, okay, Lord. So uh, I go into my office, and this one um, gentleman speaks to uh, the secretary, the office manager. She comes to me and explains the situation. So I said, well, I, I can meet with people one at a time. 
and I met with this uh, one gentleman and explained to him that I would need to meet with them one at a time because if I let the whole group in, they would all start speaking at the same time. And if they didn't get the answer that they were looking for, that they would become irate, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And he said, oh, no, we, we wouldn't do that. We, we wouldn't do that. I said, you know, I can tell you, these are some of the things they're going to say. And I went through this whole list of things. And, uh, but you know, he, he, he kept imploring that I, that I let the whole group come in. I said, okay. Now, remember what I, what I shared with you. This is what's gonna happen. So I let them come in. And within about five minutes, okay, they, they lost it. <laughs> because I couldn't give them the answer that they were looking for. You see, I couldn't tell them that the reason that this teacher had been transferred was because she had requested that because she had little kids and it was a very close-knit community and one of the parents within uh, that community, a, a lady, she um, had childcare at her home. However, her husband had molested some of those kids. And so the teacher, understandably, when she learned this, had requested from the district that she be transferred so that they could go to a different community. And it broke my heart. But you see, I had nothing to do with the transfer. It was, a, it was an administrative transfer at the request of the teacher, and for good reason. And of course, that person was under investigation. So I couldn't tell these parents anything because there are certain rules that we have to abide by. But the crowds, see the crowds, oftentimes they don't understand, nor will they accept that, and they, they don't give a, a person the opportunity to really rest. Jesus went off by himself, and yet, you notice the Lord in his in his heart, even though he was probably grieving from the death of John the Baptist, yet he's filled with compassion because they come seeking him. And, and he had come to seek and to save the lost, didn't he? And so he serves as an example for us that even though we may be going through a tremendous amount of trial, difficulty, sadness, challenge, whatever the case might be, we are still to follow our Lord in being compassionate with other people. Because, you know, we all struggle, do we not? We all have things that we struggle with. We all go through very difficult times in our lives. And we find it so, so easy to point that judgmental finger toward others. To be so impatient with others. And to say, well, you know what? He needs to just get over that, or she needs to just get over that. No. There are some struggles that you never get over with. And the only deliverance, the full deliverance, will come when we're in heaven. 
he was moved with compassion. And notice he healed their sick and he spent the whole day with them. The whole day. From the morning to the, to the early evening. And then the disciples come to him. <laughs> and you know, we're like they are. Okay? And, and they're like, <laughs> they come to him and they say, look, you need to send these people away. <laughs> Jesus is there ministering to these people. He's healing them. He's teaching them. He's comforting them. And uh, you have to wonder. Uh, and I'm thinking, you know, the disciples are probably hungry too. <laughs> they're probably thinking, you know, <laughs> well, it's past my dinner time. Let alone, we haven't had any lunch. So they come to the Lord and they say, you need to send these people away. Now, the word multitudes is there in the plural. Notice it doesn't say multitude like for one single multitude, but multitudes. Because we had a multitude of men, a multitude of women, and a multitude of children. They say, this is a deserted place and it's late. And it, my little paraphrase there, okay? Basically, it's late. They come here, it's late. You need to let these people go. They need to eat. And where they were was a, a remote place, and you know, it doesn't tell us how far from the nearest village. And if you've uh, traveled much, you know that there are some places here in the U.S. still that are, that are quite out there. And uh, a few years ago, my son and I, we were out in... Uh, the, uh, the wilderness, northern, uh, central Nevada, and uh, we were hunting, and uh, so we thought, well, you know, let's, let's, it was early in the morning, let's, let's see if we can find a place uh, to eat, because I'd seen this little sign in this little restaurant, <laughs> and so uh, out in the middle of nowhere, <laughs> and uh, we, we go in there, and there are two guys, they're sitting at, it's a, it's a bar saloon restaurant, okay? And they're sitting at the bar, these two old, really old guys, and they're laughing, they're playing cards with each other. And there's the, the one, you know, the bartender who's the cook, and et cetera, et cetera. So we sit down, and he, he gives us a menu. We're looking at the menus, you know. And he says, so, uh, what would you guys like to eat? And I uh, said, well, I'd, uh, we'd like some eggs and bacon. How, how would you like those eggs cooked? And I said, well, I'd like my eggs basted. He said, that's why I'm selling this place, because people come in here like you. Walk all these messes. <laughs> he said, you get them, you get them scrambled, or you don't get them at all. <laughs> so, and those two guys over there, <laughs> they started laughing, and my son started laughing. I said, okay. I said, well, you know, I, I could go back and show you how to cook them if you'd like. He said, no, 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 you're going to get them <laughs> Oh, we love to eat, don't we? And people do need to eat. And the disciples said, send them away so they can eat. Ah, oh, but now Jesus is teaching a tremendous lesson. He says, they don't need to go away. 
You give them something to eat. Now, this, this miracle is the only miracle that is listed in all four Gospels. You know, some of the miracles are you find in one or two of the Gospels, and, and in, in some you don't find in, in, in some of the Gospels. But this miracle here is the only one that is found in all four of the Gospels. Because Jesus is teaching a tremendous lesson. The disciples respond, they say, well, we've only got, right, five loaves and two fish. And you're looking at multitudes of people. How in the world are we supposed to feed those people? It brings to mind a... Uh, an experience that I, I read about a missionary over in India. And he hadn't been there long. And the missionaries, they have usually a house is provided for them. And his particular, they call it a manse. Um, and so he was sitting on the porch. And where his manse was located, like a central, centralized location, and there was a marketplace. And as he sat on the porch and he, he looked out, he said, there are just thousands and thousands of people. And as he, as he sat there, he prayed, he said, Lord, how in the world am I supposed to reach all of these people? And he said, the Lord answered back and said, one at a time. And he said, and at that moment, he saw this, this elderly lady who was carrying a bag of groceries and had been bumped because of the, the number of people. And she, she fell, and he immediately got up and ran over to help her. And uh, so as he helped her, he, he also then invited her to come to his, to his uh, porch and he asked her if she would like a cup of tea. And she said yes, that that would be very nice. And so he went and he prepared that, and they sat down. And she then asked him this question. Why did you come and help me? And he said, I'm so glad you asked that question. And he told her about And she accepted the Lord. And as time went on, one by one by one. Jesus teaches the disciples a fabulous lesson here. So, he says, bring them here to me. We only have five loaves and two fish. Bring them here to me, he says. Now, he organized the multitudes. And in the other Gospels, it gives us more details about they, they, they sat them down and they, they organized them into groups. Because the Lord is very organized. Very organized. God is not haphazard. God is very organized. So they organized the people. And then, notice, he took what was available. 
He didn't say, okay, well, you guys go down to the store. No, he didn't do that. He said, bring them to me. He took what was available. So many people ask this question. Well, what can I do? Or what, what do I have to give? The question is, are you available? Are you willing? He took what was available, and notice, he looked to heaven. He looked to heaven. He looked at his Father. He looked to God the Father. He looked to heaven. We always look at ourselves. Well, I can't do that. You want me to do what? No, that's impossible. Well, we can't do that. You've probably heard that. If you've been in church, if you've been in church <laughs> any time at all, you have heard people say, well, what? well, we can't do that. That's the cold water committee. You ever heard of the cold water committee? <laughs> Clyde Coldwater and the cold water committee. Well, we can't do that. He took what was available. He looked to heaven. He blessed it. To bless is to give thanks. It is to anoint with God's blessing. And we have been anointed by God. We have God the Holy Spirit who lives within us and empowers us to do work for the kingdom. Jesus even went on to say that we would do even greater work. He said to the disciples, this work that I do, even greater work you will do. Reaching, reaching people with the bread of heaven. He took what was available. He looked to heaven. He blessed it and he broke it. Reading in one of the commentaries, one of the scholars says, yes, if Jesus is going to use you, then he's also going to break you. He uses broken vessels. We started off talking about the challenges that we face, the difficulties, the failures, the misery in life, all of that. God uses all of that to chisel us, to sand us. The Bible says, as, as, right, as, as steel sharpens steel, so one man sharpens another. God knocks off the rough edges. And he does that through the challenges and the difficulties and the failures and the miseries, all of those things that we experience. And he uses us. He makes us into a usable vessel. And then he gave it to the disciples. Notice that. He took that bread and the fish after having looked to heaven, blessing it, breaking it, and he, he gives it to the disciples. And it is the, the work of the disciples to now take that bread and fish and to give it to the people. You see, we've been entrusted, have we not, with the bread of heaven, the message of God's love. And God intends for us to share with others. And the multitudes ate and were filled. And notice, about 5,000 men in addition to women and children. And it's estimated that the number of people who ate were somewhere between 15 and 20,000. 
Now, don't get this mixed up with the other one, because there are two times that Jesus does this. On another time, it was 4,000. A different time. But in this particular case, about 5,000 men, it says, in addition to women and children. And in those days, if you know anything about, you know, they didn't have the pill. Okay. And they didn't, you know, they didn't leave their kids at home like so many people do in the modern day. They generally had three, four, five, some may, might have seven or eight kids. I had five sisters. No brothers, just five sisters. <laughs> yeah, Jeff's here shaking his head. <laughs> So that's why people come up with this estimate of between 15 and 20,000 people ate. Now, how did Jesus do that? Well, I can't explain it. All I can do is tell you that he's God the Son, the Creator. And when he gives the command to the elements in nature, they listen. They respond to his command. He gave thanks, he anointed it, he broke it, and he gave. And it continued to multiply, 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 multiply. And imagine the look on the faces and in the hearts of the disciples. Because they knew that they started out with fine loaves and two fish. And so we come to this last point here. What do we learn from these passages? Well, like Jesus, we need to spend time alone with God to pray and to seek his will in our lives. Do you know what God's will for your life is? Well, it's, you say, well, I don't know. Well, here are some things that are, that are his will for all of us. One is to spend time alone. So do you want to fulfill God's will in your life? Spend time alone with him. Now, if, if you know when your most favorite TV program comes on, and you spend or organize your time so that you don't miss that show. You know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> you can do that with the Lord. But you don't, it doesn't have to be the same time every day. Because we're free to meet with Him throughout the day. And you can be in the middle of a crowd and yet you can be alone with Him. But it's his will that we spend time alone with him. And it's his will that we pray. And prayer is a two-way street. It's not a one-way street where we do all the talking. As a matter of fact, I would encourage you to do this when you begin to, to pray, to, to commune with God. is to sit and to simply say, Lord, I'm here. Please, Speak to my heart. And just sit. And wait. 
and wait. And the Lord may direct you to a particular place in the Bible. Go there and read because God speaks through his word. But he may also lay something upon your heart. Maybe a word that you said to someone that you shouldn't say. Maybe the choice you made that was a mistake. Whatever the case might be. And he'll lead you to that. And then confess. And submit. Yield to him. Yield to God, the Holy Spirit. Relationship, devotion. God's word is food for our souls. His word nourishes our soul and leads us in the path of life, the righteous life. And yesterday I was with my granddaughter. We were looking at Psalm 19, the last half of Psalm 19, talking about you know, the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimonies of the Lord are, are right, rejoicing the heart. And, and going through that, each verse, and then we, dis we discuss it. Well, what do you think it means? Well, God has given us guidelines so that, we, so that we walk down the path and live our life in such a way that is pleasing to him. That's her response to me. And I always have her pray. And I'm so impressed by the way that she, she prays. Thanking God for giving us his word that guides us and teaches us how to live our lives and to live our lives in a way that is pleasing to Him. Oh my goodness, we've got a we've got a phone going off. <laughs> but like Jesus, we're to be compassionate people. Grace, grace. You see, when we spend time with him, we become more like him. You've heard the saying, birds of a feather flock together. And how about this one? You've probably heard this one too. Right? It's hard to soar like an eagle when you work with a bunch of turkeys. <laughs> because, you know, we're like the people we hang around with. That's why being in church is so important because together we grow together. We encourage one another. We, we can pray for each other. We can embrace one another. We can challenge one another. But we're to be compassionate people. And, and when we spend time alone with God, we become more compassionate. We become more graceful. And then when, when we yield what we have to God, He can multiply its effect. God is still in the business of bringing about miracles, wonderful miracles. The greatest miracle of all is the miracle of salvation. The miracle that, that God would love us in spite of all of our Misery and failure and sin. He loves us. In our Sunday school this morning, we all agreed that God's love 
is beyond description. And even though we can't describe it, we're all happy that he loves us. <laughs> In spite of the fact that we're such miserable creatures. You know, people don't want to admit that. Yes. At the same time, God has blessed us with all kinds of ability and potential. But we never know that real or full potential until we really know Him and serve Him and spend time with Him to discover His will for our lives. But God can multiply what we have and are willing to give. And that goes not only for individuals, but for families, for churches, and even for countries, for nations. Are you willing to yield to Him? Humanity, the multitudes, need our Lord Jesus. He is the bread of heaven. And He brings forgiveness, healing, salvation. Oh, we're so privileged. Like the apostles, we're to share this heavenly bread. And so I go back to that first illustration when, as a boy, walking into the, the bakery and smelling that, oh my goodness, that it just sticks with you, you know. Well, are you making people hungry for the bread of heaven? When they, when they meet you, when they greet you, and you greet them, do they sense something different about you? You see, that, that difference, if you will, is the Lord Jesus Christ. And so I was over at the, the Winco um, grocery store, and as I came up to the, the clerk there, and I just had a few things, she was just, just bubbling over with joy and happiness. <laughs> she asked me how I was doing. I said, well, I, I'm having a fabulous day. <laughs> and she said, amen, amen. I said, oh, you, you, you must know the Lord. He said, oh, absolutely. And he said, absolutely, brother, because she was from the islands. <laughs> I said, you're from the islands, right? He said, my parents are from the islands, too. And we got into a little discussion there. And I thought, how wonderful. And that was the way she greeted everyone, bubbling over. And may the Lord give you a wonderful day and a blessed day, etc., etc. So much better to be greeted by a person like that when you're at the store than someone. They don't even look up, right? Oh, but we're to be people of compassion. And even for that person, we're to greet them as lovingly, as respectfully, and as kindly as we possibly can. And, and leave them with a word of encouragement. God loves you. So we're going to stand and sing a hymn of invitation. I have decided to follow Jesus. And so as the Lord lays it upon your heart, you come to Him. You give to Him just as 
Those five loaves and two fish were given to him. He can multiply. Amen. We pray that you have been blessed by today's lessons from God's Word. And we invite you to contact us with any questions that you may have, especially questions regarding your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. We want to help you with your walk of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and with your understanding of His Holy Word, the Bible. Our contact information is listed in the podcast show notes. May God richly bless you.